welcome back to our lovely podcast, AB Side. I'm your host, Anzi, with Ben, as always. As always, it's us two with other guests today. We have a whole host of guests. We are back this week with our next episode,、um, continuing on with our current series on life. Last week, you must have heard about the singleness episode. We had some good feedback, huh, Ben? And it was a good episode. Yeah, I think so. They were good episodes. But、uh, this week, meaty stuff. But first up, shall we have the music? All right, Ansi, what are we talking about? We're talking about relationships. How the, how, yeah, BGRs, boy girl relationships. Ugh, BGR. That's the thing. All right, let's introduce our guests. Okay, so we have Mr. and Mrs. Ho, Jason and Henna. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Can you tell us a bit about yourselves for those that aren't really acquainted with you guys? Just, just a brief little, you know, synopsis as to who you are, just to paint a picture. Hi, I'm Jason, and this is Henna.、Uh, we are living in Birmingham at the moment, and we are locked away in our flats at the times when we're not working as a doctor and dentist. And we have been married now for about a year, so. Uh, been in a, bit, a relationship a bit longer than that. To be honest, we were like, "Hey, why are we in this relationship marriage talk?" Because we've only been doing it a year. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there.、Um, and then, yeah, thanks, thanks, Jason and Hannah. You're welcome. Who else have we got today? We also have、uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ho, Daniel and Anna. Hello,、uh, I'm Daniel、uh, with Hannah here.、Um, yeah, we got married in October.、Um, So we've been in lockdown for most of our marriage,、uh, but yeah, we've been dating since the beginning of university,、um, and we we've been part of the BCEC for about a year, year and a half now. What do you guys do?、Um, I'm training to be a teacher, and I am training to be a pharmacist, waiting for my exams. Well, hey, so let me get this straight: Why are there two sets of? Mr. and Mrs. Ho's here. Well, actually, I think I'm the first Doctor and Doctor Ho. But yeah, why? What's? It's a pretty strange coincidence, isn't it? What's going on, guys? You tell us, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've planned this. <laughs> okay. In case you're not acquainted with the the two brothers, that they, they are two brothers. They are related by blood. Do people do people say that you guys are quite similar in appearances? <laughs> I've got it that I'm similar to my brother in mannerisms, but maybe not appearance as much. There are differing opinions about your appearances, right? <laughs> Whether you look similar or not.、Mm, two brothers. All right. First question, then, guys.、Um, I want to ask Jason and Hannah first. Do you? I hate this. I hate this phrase. Do you have a shipping name? <laughs> ben, when did you learn what this word shipping was? Um, I don't know. Probably when I was a teacher and kids at school were explaining the slang to me. Well, Do you guys need an explanation? Do you know what it means?、Uh, I did since probably about a month ago.、Um, shows how behind in the times I am.、Um, Do we have a shipping name? Not really. To have a shipping name, you kind of need a fan base, don't you? Which I don't really think that we have. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, the theme of our wedding was well, not the theme, but the name that we had was JHT, which is uh, Jason, Hannah, Tan, kind of like together, which is weird because it's actually Jason and Hannah Ho. Uh, it's, it's probably better than calling you Jenna, though, isn't it? Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. The people who have tried that, I'm glad that we put that to bed. <laughs> Why can't it be Henson? <laughs> actually, that's pretty cool. Why does it could be Henson. It could be Henson. Right? <laughs> uh, such a handsome couple. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I thought it would be Jason. No, but then you don't use the whole of somebody's name, right? Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know if there's rules to this or not. How about Daniel and Nana then? Oh, our shipping name is Dana, and it is, this is something that was given to us by our uni friends and it's just kind of stuck it works pretty well it works well it sounds all right yeah okay guys we've got a lot to go through but uh let's we i kind of want to hear or our listeners might want to hear how you both for all of you how you met um so can you do this in the shortest like an elevator pitch of of your your uh What's the word I'm looking for? Romance story. We should do a he he said, she said. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, all right. Who wants to go first? Bearing in mind, the second person will then, like, correct the first person. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's always the guys that go first, right? And then... Is it not ladies first? Goodness. No, because then the girls fill in all of the gaps that the guys missed out. Okay. Um, yeah, so Anna and I met in the in our first year of university. Um, yeah, we went to university at the same time. I had just taken a gap year, um, and that was at the University of Manchester. And we started um, dating three or four months into first year. Um, we, I guess, yeah, we 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 went church hunting together with some of our other friends who all went to Manchester at the same time as us. And then, yeah, after that, we got together. Cool, cool. Anna, any corrections, any amendments? Um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty accurate, apart from I would probably describe it as he followed me around for the first weeks of uni. <laughs> And yeah, I feel like that's, that's the usually what happens when we hear these stories, right? Like the guy <laughs> says, oh yeah, we went around together. And the girl says, yeah, no, I was just followed until I gave in. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, we got to know each other sort of during freshers, the start of uni. And then things progressed pretty quickly, I guess. For those of you who don't know Daniel, he's a very forward kind of guy. In what way? What do you mean? In a sense of, I think he will just say what he thinks. Is that fair? Like no filter? No filter. And so I think, no, he does have filter. He considers what he says. But he's he knows what he wants and he just sort of expresses it quite quickly. Right? He's nodding. Cool. Okay. Uh, Jason, let's hear from you. Uh, so, <laughs> so 
Uh, we first met in our, both, both of us went to Leeds University. Um, both of us were pretty fresh. We both met in the first year, first week of freshers at the one and only time, I think, that either of us ever went to see you. Um, so what? I know Christian clubs do bring people together. So <laughs> I was sat on the floor and then she was sat strangely behind me. No, it's the other way. No, 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 no. It definitely wasn't like that because I felt like I'm burning at the back of my head. So then I turned around and I saw Hannah there um, and I saw her looking, trying to look cool, but she wasn't very. Um, from there, that's when we started, essentially. Uh, oh, maybe we didn't. Maybe we took it a little bit slower than that, let's say that. Um, Jason didn't really know what he wanted. Um, we had a little gap in our relationship, a little meaning five years. And we got back together about a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. So three years now. I'm being corrected, but I'll leave it to Hannah. <laughs> yeah, so we met, we met in CU and then Jason took forever to decide he wanted to commit. So it was a year before he properly asked me out. And his excuse was like, I didn't know that was what I meant to do. I thought you just go out. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Four years later, um, yeah, we had a little break, so we, we properly broke up. Um, and Jason's famous last words was like, yeah, it ain't going to happen ever again. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that at the time. <laughs> For five years. And then, yeah, and then we got back together when we were out in the Philippines doing mission. Okay. That's, that's great, guys. Good to hear. Um, so with this, this episode, this first episode, we're going to talk about uh, dating and then we'll maybe talk about marriage uh, in a second episode or maybe even a third episode. Who knows? Um, so that's, that's kind of a nice ending that leads on to our first question. What are your thoughts on missionary dating? I'll, I'll let Ansi explain more on this if, if we need more. Context. Do we really need context? Well, what's a missionary? A missionary is someone who converts someone to Christianity or leads someone to Christ. Um, so there are certain terminologies amongst the Christians like flirt and convert. Um, <laughs> but generally it is, yeah, it's a thing where a Christian person dates with the intention of leading them to Christ. Um, maybe they're dating a non-Christian um, and maybe they end up marrying a non-Christian as well. Um, but yeah, what are people's thoughts on missionary dating? Is that is that a biblical thing, do you think, in your opinion? Let's start with um, Henna. Let's ask Henna. <laughs> you mentioned the mission field. <laughs> My thoughts on missionary dating. Uh... I've seen some couples manage to convert their girlfriends, but I think as a whole, does it really work? I don't think you should date with the aim of converting someone. Why? Why? I don't know. Do you? This is hard. I don't like being put on the spot. <laughs> Jason, save her. Help her. Damsel in distress. Go. <laughs> Be a man. Do the right thing. <laughs> Hey, what is this? What is a man? Oh, yeah, I should have listened to the other episodes. Yeah, yeah, we question. <laughs> Masculinity. Yeah. Uh, so what are my thoughts about missionary dating and flirt to convert? Um, 
Have I ever considered it? Uh, I think the truth would be no. Is that because you've only ever fancied Christian girls? No, actually. Uh, no, actually. What? As in, like, both. I hated a non. I've created a non-Christian before. I don't. I didn't mean that as a like. No, Jason never just considered. <laughs> hey, I don't know whether this is also useful to, huh? for people to hear. Yeah, I've dated non-Christians before. I've never. Da- I've never dated a non-Christian before. Um, I considered a non-Christian before, um, but I. At the time for me, I'll talk about my circumstances and actually my, my, my situation. I was considering, an, I'd met a non-Christian uh, before on a holiday trip. And it just so happened that there was quite a lot of a click. And I'll say these words like, it seemed very romantic and there was quite a lot of initial chemistry. chemistry. Um. And there was a lot of conflict thereafter. Well, there wasn't a lot of conflict, actually, because it was just chatting and seemed like it was just chill chats. Um, but I think as time went on, I felt more and more conflicted in myself about what what I really thought about it um, and where it was really going and how I, what I really believed and how those two things parried up. Um, in the end, came down to partly what I saw of myself and what I saw to be of what really, really mattered. And, uh, okay, I don't know where I'm going with this. I need to pause this. I can answer it, actually. I've collected my thoughts. Go for it. <laughs> well, speaking from personal experience, like I think for, for myself anyway, when I was dating a non-Christian, I think it was really like one of the most important thing in my life or the most important thing of in my life is faith and the ability to talk about God, the um, and like just you know serving and yeah just worshiping God and to not be able to do that with potentially my future husband I think pains me a lot when I was dating the non Christian um, and yeah I think it was really difficult to reconcile the fact that like this massive part of my life I actually said this to him like fifty percent of my time is you know well not fifty percent but like yeah a a lot of my time will be put into serving others or even just yeah wanting to talk about God and his faithfulness I'm not trying to sound holy but I think not being able to share that part um and and imagining a marriage with somebody like that like I don't think it's ever going to be whole um and that was when I put a stop to it Mm, okay that's pretty wise I feel like that's a that's quite a mature was this when you were a teenager or is this when you were older? Uh, no, unfortunately, it wasn't when I was a teenager. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Um, Daniel, what do you think? Yeah, so for my two cents, um, I think that uh, when it comes to like missionary dating, I don't think people go into the relationship with the intention of converting the other person from, from the get-go. Um Usually it's just, you know, they like each other and it's only later that when when things are thought about more that you're actually like, yeah, you're trying to share your life with somebody who potentially, yeah, doesn't share the same faith as you. And I, I agree with Henna where, wherein 
like as a Christian where your life, well, like, yeah, your, your anchor point and your center of your life is meant to re- revolve around Christ. And then trying to live out your life in that way. And if you're dating somebody who doesn't share those beliefs, um, you're, you're going to be inevitably at some point, you're going to be asked to compromise or to make a decision between uh, what you think is right in terms of your faith and potentially what they want. And so because of that conflict, I feel like if you're dating someone who who isn't a Christian, you can end up um, not being able to give your whole life and, and everything that you have to God. And I, I guess I, I've learned, just learned that from experience because I, I, I did date a non-Christian uh, while I was a teenager. And um, while it was it wasn't a super, super serious relationship, but it did last a couple of years. Um, and I think that was one thing that I found which was painful uh, an experience until, yeah, I was able to, um, until we broke up, yeah. Was the reason of your breakup due to, like, conflict of faith and beliefs? Um, in part, it was. I think that, that was something which I struggled with throughout our whole relationship um that conflict of faith and belief but then I think it was actually by the grace of God there are other factors which contributed to uh, us breaking up yeah okay thanks for sharing that how about Anna back to the thing about missionary dating I don't think it's a good idea and I think Hannah and Daniel sort of covered the reasons for that um personally I haven't experienced what it's like to sort of date or be interested in someone who's not a Christian but I guess I don't know if this goes into another one of your questions but I think I would go as far as saying it's probably not a good idea to date someone who isn't as passionate about their faith or isn't as passionate about Jesus as you are because I think in the same way and for similar reasons that will cause conflict later on as well. Yeah, these are these are really um these are really good answers, guys. Um Ansi, what do you think? Do you, do you agree or disagree? I think that it's quite yeah, I totally agree with everybody what everybody said, but I also think that um in the Bible it does tell us to not be unequally yoked with someone who doesn't have the same faith as you. Um and when you are dating, you will be exposed to some form of temptations. And there's also some kind of expectations that a non-Christian may not have, like may have. Um, and so it's it's just really sad when, you know, you're not able to pray together. You're not able to share God's faithfulness together um, and worship together, which is what yeah, Hannah mentioned, and that that's really sad, and that's just a taster of what it could be like if you did marry him or her. Um, that's not a Christian. Sure, they might say, "Oh, yeah, I'll I'll come to church while I'm dating," but but actually, later on in life, um, when you do get married and you have kids, you have a different view and like worldview. Um, you have a different way of bringing up your children, different way of doing life, and so. Yeah, there's always going to be a conflict of interest. There's always going to be not putting God first. Like the other person's going to expect you to put 
you as the girlfriend or the boyfriend first or the husband and the wife first but but yet as believers we believe that we should put god first you know anything that we put before god becomes an idol so yeah there's different expectations and you might have the intention of like flirting to convert but actually later on your emotions get involved um and intimacy is involved and it gets really complicated you know it no longer becomes about saving souls uh, evangelism but yeah it it just gets really messed up when your heart is involved yeah but ben what do you think i think maybe at the start of a relationship it's from what i've seen of of friends who have who've done this it's less of an issue um but the longer the relationship the more committed you get uh yeah like you said i'd see the the more kind of feelings are involved and then it becomes really hard when when you come up against something that's like raising your kids or just even yeah just having somebody who's got the same worldview as you um so yeah i definitely don't think missionary dating is a a good idea um i've seen people get together with non-christians and end up marrying non-christians and i ask them afterwards do you like not in the sense of do you regret it but kind of with undertones like that and they do fess up and say that it is so much hard like it's so hard with a non-christian yeah because they have to you know go through all the storms of throughout their relationships right all the crises and things yeah and i mean people might try i've had people justify dating non-christians with uh uh, it's 1 Corinthians 7 where it says uh, if a husband's married to a wife and, and one of them is not a Christian uh, then they should stay together because it might be the only chance they have of of hearing the gospel which is true but this is talking about people who were already married and then came to hear about the gospel it's like don't divorce someone because they're not a Christian and you just became a Christian it's not the same thing as like if you're not married you, you don't have the um, uh obligation to to stay with them right so that that sounds harsh but i think i think mm-hmm. that's essentially the like you don't want to find yourself deep in a relationship where you realize oh this is going to be really difficult or this might not work so it's better to get out early So here's a question that nowadays many single people, um, many people dabble with is is the topic of online dating. Now, I'm going to ask you guys, obviously you guys met your spouses like back at uni, but I'm sure you've had conversations with people about online dating. And what are your thoughts about this? Bearing in mind, listeners, we're not the experts on this topic, but we all hold some form of an opinion. So um, let me ask, let's ask uh, Anna. Can I ask Anna first? Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, I don't have that much against online dating. I think it is a legitimate way for people to meet each other nowadays. Um. I do think that if speaking to Christians, it's better to use Christian dating apps just because it's that sort of a a common thing that um, 
Google will find. Um, but I do still think that it's better for people to get to know each other in person, just because I think it's so much easier to put your best foot forward in the online setting. And so I think I know friends who have found um, partners and things online, but it's sort of they meet through the online platform and then they get to know each other in person. And I think that's cool. How about Daniel? Yeah, I would agree that um, actually online dating is just another platform in 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 terms of meeting people. Um, I think I don't really have any problem with things like online dating. I think that um, especially during lockdown and coronavirus, uh, how else are you meant to meet people in, in some respects? Um, but yeah, just like Anna said, I think uh, continuing to then build that relationship by meeting each other in real life and seeing each other and actually um, building that relationship that way. It's just helpful because you know how they say that how many percent of communication is uh, nonverbal. So mm -hmm. being able just to see um, how someone is and how they communicate and, and how you guys get along in real life is really important, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Hannah, what do you think? Uh, online dating, I'm actually quite for it. As in, yeah, I I definitely encourage people who, like, the pool gets really small. Like, I, I was single between the age of, like, sort of young adult age. And the pool suddenly shrinks. And we are just talking to one of our friends recently. And it's like, wow, suddenly there's nobody. After uni, it feels like everyone's attached or, like, everyone's married. Um, and the pool just becomes so small for the people you know. I think online dating gives you that platform to meet other people. Um, I've seen some people really make it work. I've seen for some, it really doesn't work. But yeah, I don't, like I said to Jason, I think some, some people just have different ways of meeting, right? Like some people meet online, some people meet at a bus stop, some people meet at a pub, some people meet, um, I don't know, like out drinking at a friend's birthday party. Um, and it's not about how you meet, but it's how you then grow the relationship. It's the journey of the relationship. It doesn't matter the in it, does the initial part matter that much when actually it's it's where you get to i don't know that's my opinion anyway mm, that's good thanks jace um online dating i was never part of this phenomena uh, I felt like <laughs> phenomena. a little bit after henna and i started actually it probably was available but i think i was a bit too proud to go there um, <laughs> um but I think that, as Hena and some of the others have said, I think it's a good thing in some ways. Um, I think it really allows, expands the pool potentially, and it allows people who are in a small town uh, to, you know, find someone who's potentially in the next town. It's as connectivity is increasing with the internet. And I think it's just that same way that people are just looking for uh, ways to connect online as well and to find people who are potential spouses and the question is that actually with this online dating hopefully that helps people to sift between people who really are looking for spouses and potentially who aren't um, but I think that by the nature of an online dating site there are things which need to be considered which are you know I sometimes maybe I'm terrible but I think of like online dating sometimes a bit like you know if I was on it it would be like looking on on right mover houses <laughs> uh, you know, maybe it's because right now or recently I've been looking on right move at houses. 
um, and like sifting through, oh, what I like and what I don't like. And that creates the requirements potentially, which I never had before in my own head uh, and creates categories of things which, oh yeah, these are things which maybe I should care about, which potentially, potentially as Christians, we shouldn't care about so much. Um, so as Anna was saying, also it allows us sometimes to portray ourselves in different ways and maybe idealize the the uh, other side that we're looking for. Yeah, that's what I'd say about. It. I think I think when thinking about this, it it almost comes down to how you approach relationships. If you're being intentional about it, then it perhaps is something that you need to be, or maybe not need to be, but. Um, it's it's a great avenue for you to to help make more connections, but if you're kind of not being intentional about finding a partner, then um, perhaps that's that's why there's this um, I don't know difference or maybe lack of experience, uh, just down to individuals' um, own like preferences and approaches. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think there's not a, a good or bad way, but actually in the same way as online or not online, it's about the way that we conduct ourselves in the process of how we go about it. Wow, you guys are all for it. I've yet to find people that are against it. Well, Do you want to find people who are against it? Um, like... I, I know that there's a minority of people that aren't for it, partly because the online platform, you do have to sift through a lot of dodgy people. There are people that will, so I don't mean to scare people, but I've heard, and I've not joined any um, due to my hesitations about it, um, is that there's a lot of non-Christians pretending to be Christians on Christian dating apps. um, And they're quite... Some of them are really cheeky because they know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely find a Christian girl here. Um, so there's a, there's a fair amount of sisters in Christ that tell me about the amount of weirdos that they have to sift through. And it's, it's quite sad, really, um, because people are just there out to muck around, have hookups um, with with no commitment. But then I've heard of cases where you know, people do find someone on there and they connect um, online. But from what people have told me, so Jan last week, um, who you heard on the show, um, we I've had numerous amounts of conversations about her online experiences um, because I, I really want to know before, if I were to go onto it, um, like what, what are some of the downfalls? What are some of, some of the good stuff? And she did warn, um, like when you do meet someone, online and you're talking do not delay meeting them um because the moment you prolong that you know talking on instant messenger or whatever um you will conjure up in your head an image of the guy or the girl and then when you meet them in real life you may not have that spark or that connection and it it just doesn't it's not reflective of what the image you had in your head because because you will by default form an attachment um to them when they're just texting or typing or whatever 
Um, so you do have to meet face to face because, yeah, as you guys said earlier, um, that you lose up on that nonverbal cues. Um, there's there's so much more when you do meet someone face to face. And then when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's completely true. Um, but people go online for many reasons. Some people are not secure and then they go online and they search and they're, you know, constantly go through um, and search and and there's all this there's a there's a lot of noise online um there's also a lot of games that are played online in terms of not online gaming but like the underlying games of like oh maybe I need to wait um a certain amount of time before I respond because otherwise I sound eager um maybe you know like there is loads of protocols and rules and like unspoken mind um as as to how to approach online dating and I'm just like oh my gosh there's so much drama and like the amount of times my girlfriends come to me and is like, yeah, so this guy didn't respond and da, 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 da. is he goes to me? Like there's all these, it's just really complicated. And I'm just like, no, I, I don't think I have time for this. <laughs> I feel like maybe the filtering that you were talking about though, that happens in real life, but it just happens like subconsciously or over time. Like you're not conscious, consciously um, evaluating every single aspect of every person of the opposite sex if you're single that you meet to see whether or not they're potentially uh, a date all the time right um i guess so and, and you're probably also like not even considering the weirdos because you've already realized they're weirdos before you make the connection with them right In yeah your... i guess so but but i i do know that there are opportunities online um and like I think I think if God really wants you to go online, he'll make it clear to you and you'll have peace to go online. Um I would not recommend you going online and searching unless you know you have a strong identity in Christ and you know your value and security is in Christ. Because you will get let down online. There will I think, I think that's true offline. Yeah, that's true right. offline as well. That's true. That's true. I so, yeah, so I mean, from hearing you talk about it, I feel like there shouldn't be any reason that someone wouldn't try this if they want to find a partner. Um, but that said, you have to think about how you're going to um, approach it and you have to consider a lot of different things. Yeah, because I, I think just like Ben was saying that all those things happen offline as well, because like, you know, you have that honeymoon period, which everyone talks about, where you have an image of the person and actually anything that they do it's always it, you can be so blinded that it's always good and that fades over time um and i think that's just the same it sounds that sounds exactly the same as what Ansi is talking about online where actually they put an image of themselves forward and you don't really know them super well um but you have that image of them which can't be broken until you've met them um or some time has passed um so i just feel like either way whether you're dating in real life or it started online that it's it's just something to be uh something to be considered and just to mm. be a little bit careful and like you know as the bible says to guard your heart i do think that that is actually something really important when you're dating Mm-mm-mm. yeah it's it's just it's just <sighs> the security thing like online it's 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 very yeah because people can just google you and 
see what your digital footprint is online. I heard it's expensive to do online dating sometimes. <laughs> oh, I hear that as well. Yeah. But not for the girls. Really? What? What? It's not for dates, right? <laughs> oh, no. This is like actually subscribing to the online oh, dating platform. Right. Yeah. Wait, pay? You do. You have to pay. Nothing comes for free. Um, I think there are some apps that... Yeah, there's there's free trials, there's a lot of adverts, um, and there's some apps that only limit the amount of matches you can see per day so that you don't get addicted to it. So I think, yeah, there's some Christian ones. (laughs) I thought you just pay for it. (laughs) I never knew that, so that's interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a few, like, big ones that some of my girlfriends tell me about. So it's it's quite good. I feel like what needs to happen here is some investigative journalism from you, Auntie. No, I know. We need to do an experiment and then come back in like a month and see. What, season three. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Help you out, Auntie. Auntie, I'm for you for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, enough, enough about me. This show is not about me, um, but. Online dating, it works for some people. Um, Some people are for it. Some people aren't comfortable with it. And that's okay too. I think if God really wants you to have someone, he will provide the right person, whatever means. Thoughts on guy or girl initiating? Oh, juicy. Okay, right. Well, I think this one goes to to Henna then because... She said Jason was uh, was not making the decision. So what do you think, Hannah? Should is it is it a guy's responsibility to define I, the relationship? I don't know if this is me generalizing, but I feel like sometimes girls know what they okay, maybe not for Daniel, <laughs> but I feel like sometimes girls are a lot quicker with knowing what they want, maybe. Um yeah, and if, if the guy's not ready for it, I don't think you should push the guy to to make a decision that they're uncomfortable with. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, we, I was reading this article and initially I was like, oh yeah, it's fine for the girls to initiate. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think in God has painted this picture of marriage where the guy's the head of the family and the head of the church, right? Like God's the head of the church as the husband's the head of the family. And if the girl's always feeling like she needs to, to wear the pants or be the one that initiating things or taking the lead in things, then that would really put, uh, uh, like, really, really make the marriage quite unbalanced. In a sense that that it just creates a precedence in the marriage for the girl to always feel like she needs to be the one leading forward, um, and it might be a really small thing, the initiating part, but it also it also reflects a lot on the guy just potentially being led and being complacent to being led. Um, is that fair? <laughs> that's, that's what I think. So um, I yeah. think that question at the end wasn't fair. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I thought it was interesting that Heno is saying that in general, girls maybe know what they want a lot quicker because I think it was the opposite for me. I don't think that I am as decisive compared to Daniel. And so at the start of our relationship, I would say that actually I was a little bit unsure of what I wanted. And so it was helpful that he initiated it and that it was just 
I think it felt right for our circumstance. But we talked about this yesterday and we don't think that it matters so much in terms of the um, whether it's the girl initiating or the guy. But I do agree with Helen in the sense that it shouldn't be... I, I think it does indicate possibly in terms of how a guy might lead in the relationship and then in the marriage later on. But I wouldn't put so much weight on that because I think it's early on in the relationship and there's time for growth and there's time for, I guess, the guy and the girl to both explore their roles um, in the relationship and to explore their future role in marriage as well because I don't think that people are expected to know that when they first get into a relationship and that's okay. Daniel? Yeah, the only thing that I would add would be that um, I think it's... uh, my personal opinion, I think it's quite nice for a guy to initiate purely because um, it shows the girl, at least a little bit, that they're willing to overcome that fear of rejection. They're able mm. to overcome that nervousness and, you know, to just take the plunge yeah. and just ask. And actually, for me, it's always, um, I think, when a guy gets to a point where they would rather know the answer when you're asking somebody out, whether it's a yes or no, then not no. That's already a good point to be in terms of how you're caring for that person. Um, so yeah, that's what I, that's my, what I think. Yeah. And to add to that, I think um, Daniel initiating for, in terms of our relationship, it did help me feel a lot more secure from the start. I think I've been in situations where the guy didn't initiate, um, whether that's getting to know a guy or in past dating uh, situations. And there was a definite difference in terms of the level of security I felt um, in the mm. relationship because he initiated and he made that effort as well. So I think I think maybe there's this idea that like girls expect guys to take the initiative but when you actually, when I think about what does that actually mean, it all just gets a bit hazy because it's like, what's what's the situation? Have you just met this person for the first time and you expect the guy to, to just be the person who introduces himself first or um, like is friendly first or whatever? Or is this someone that you've known for ages and you are expecting them, to, like you're getting closer and then you're trying to like, figure out if you're dating or not like it, it all just becomes a bit like every relationship with with not just a, a romantic relationship but every relationship that you have with your friends and with people is going to be different so I think it's it's a bit kind of it's hard to to pin down exactly should it be one way or another but then at the same time if if this this is not a dating advice podcast but I would I would say if you're a guy, be aware that some girls expect you to do that, right? And if you're a girl, maybe some guys aren't going to do that because they don't know what's going on. That doesn't mean that they're incapable of leading, but maybe they just are just really unsure about what's this like, what the state of their relationship with you is. I completely agree with what's been said, but I'm also aware that not everyone is that old fashioned. <laughs> We I have these conversations with a lot of teenagers actually because um 
the young generation have been raised up in a setting where, no, the girl, what the girl wants, you know, she goes out and gets it, you know, and, and, um, it's, it's a strong female voice that they should be carrying. Um, you need to know what you want, um, and, and things like that. Uh, and so I think, Yes and no, there it, it's a good thing, but I think a girl can learn a lot about trusting God when you wait, when you are patiently waiting for someone um, to speak up. Um, and if, you know, God really wants you to be in that relationship, God will make it happen. You know, I keep saying that to girls, but at the same time, I think there is no harm in girls dropping hints, making it clear, giving clear signals that she's waiting. Um, but I know that it can be quite frustrating because guys are very clueless. <laughs> yeah, so I, I disagree completely with that because like... What, you, dropping hints? If you if you are in a relationship, not a relationship, if you have a friend who you think something is going to happen romantically and you want something to happen, it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. Not dropping hints is not going to work because, or not, or not all the time, because you just don't know what the other person's thinking. I think you need to actually have a conversation about it. What, even if it's um, a girl initiating? I think that's completely fine. Like, I and I think it's, I think it's really silly to shoot yourself in the foot by, like, it's almost like being like a stubborn, like, well, if he's not going to ask me out, then I'm not going to be in a relationship with him. That's silly, I think, because if if you if you have the potential to start something and you choose not to because you you're waiting for like a a knight on a on a white horse to come riding in and sweep you off your feet that's that's not how relationships work um and so i think i think it you should you should go and does it doesn't mean that you're being commanding or taking a leadership role it's just saying hey i like you do you like me back and that's that's yeah i think that's fine but why should it be that? So uh, yeah, a lot of girls know. Like, okay, I'm just generalizing here. I know Anna said that you know she didn't have an idea, but I also know that I, I kind of agree with what Henna says. There are a fair amount of girls that know what they like. Yeah, but if you know who you like, then and you think they like you back, then I think you should tell them. Otherwise, like, well, then you're just wasting time, is it? Not just wasting time. It might not happen because the the guy might not be able to read your cryptic like communications that you're trying to to put. Oh, like you put three three kisses at the end of a message instead of one. That must mean that that you want something to happen. Like, don't play games with it. Just if you like someone and you think they like you back, say, say it. When a lot of people start dating, I feel like um, they think that they know what they want. But actually, as they go further into a relationship or they experience more friendships and relationships, they realize that actually the things that they initially initially valued might change. Um, mm-hmm. And so actually, whether it's a guy or a girl, because I would say that even though um, it's been mentioned that maybe a lot of girls know what they want um, a lot earlier than a guy, I do feel like these things change over time. And so your the initial knowing what you want, I think, maybe doesn't even 
Matters much at the beginning. It's a hard one, I think, because like knowing what you want is it? Does that mean knowing that you want to be with a person? I think there's a baseline of wanting, like actually, yeah, knowing. I think there's a base, like there, there is a, there's like base baseline standard of knowing at least. You know, you even you said yourself, like I I knew that I wanted to date a Christian, and I think that's like you know baseline. I think that's important to know because there are people who do not have any standards or. Um, yeah, it's not certain specific characteristic or like, oh, they can play piano or whatever. But I, I don't know. I, 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 this is my opinion. I don't think we should just say yes to anybody and everybody um, when we know that we. I, this this might be going off tangent, by the way. But like, I like you know, I, I've been asked out by guys when I was single and like if I knew that it was definitely not going somewhere I wouldn't even say yes in the first place does that make sense I don't think it's healthy in the first instance to just say yes because I, I don't know what I want but I, I do know what I want and I, I can say no to okay actually I, I don't think this is what I'm looking for despite them being Christian or non-Christian whatever it is but I, I think it's not unhealthy to know a baseline of yeah what you're attracted to yeah, sorry. I think I've I think I've been a bit confusing in the way, in the way I've uh, talked. Um, I think that it is important to know what you want when you start dating in terms of like your non-negotiables or the things that if that person doesn't have them, then potentially, yeah, I'm I'm not going to date them. For example, like you said, is the person a Christian? But in terms of uh, when people think that they want something. For example, I want a guy to be funny, mm. or I want a girl to be, um, uh, yeah, to make me laugh or to be pretty, or you know, talented. this talented at singing, this, that, or the other. Um, I think that that's what I mean by what people want and actually what people need and uh, what is good for them in a relationship is often uh, very different. And so, um, yeah, when it comes to who initiates that, this, that, or the other. I don't think it matters really, uh, but and I, I don't think, uh, but I think whoever initiates, it does say something about them in terms of being willing to speak up. Mm. But here's the problem, right? Okay. Christian dating aside, this also happens in a secular setting and I've seen it a lot in you know you've got your shows and your movies and your you know chick flicks and things like that how women will throw themselves constantly and offer themselves up as a plate on a plate um a dish to be eaten up and they get let down so much and their hearts get broken so much and and i remember which are you talking about like chick flicks though right um, that you're basing this this uh, yeah, yeah, I am actually okay, okay right. yeah, just, but, yeah just but, wanted to clarify what what you were basing what you were talking about but girls will if if you're the type of girl to be okay with pursuing a guy making yourself available that almost it it kind of it, it just makes you feel it cheapens you <laughs> do you know what I mean um so and and it's actually quite off-putting for guys when girls throw themselves at you because uh yeah from what i've seen actually it's just not it it just doesn't it's just not very nice it's not very classy <laughs> but i uh, from what i've seen is that if 
a guy really wants you, he will make it known. He will make it clear to you. You do not have to like play games. Like if the guy really does want to pursue you, he will make it very clear. Um, I feel like a godly guy who pursues, I, I feel like a godly guy who is, who knows what they want and who knows what their relationship with God is. I feel like they would take the initiative yes. to, to, to take the risk. I agree. I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> Do you think there's an element where it comes down to also personality? Yes, um, as well. And also, yes, I get what you're saying because I wouldn't necessarily just say a godly guy because you can be a godly guy who's had to deal with a lot of rejection in the past from other previous experiences. And that that is also, also affect, true. That will also affect how you come into the, uh, the realm of also dating, of how you put yourself forward. You may have gone to a boys' school <laughs> like uh, Daniel and I. And I've never met or talked to another girl or had another girl look at you for the first 18 years of your life. Um, and that will That's always... not true for Daniel. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't know where you met these girls, Daniel. Um, the girl. <laughs> the girl school. Yes. <laughs> That's when you went after hours. <laughs> um, but I think there are things where of uh, previous things which can affect. Um, in the end, whenever I was looking at things, I think it's important for a guy to know what he wants. That's the most important thing. And I think it means a lot to girls if a man is able to put himself forward and do the right thing. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, but what does do the right thing really mean? Because <laughs> time, I always think of this, like, you know, I know that joke about Ruth and Boaz, but Ruth did make herself quite, you know, available. She dropped heads. She didn't talk she about it. But Boaz still took the initiative yes. to us, though. And that's super uh, important. I don't know. I, I appreciate this, guys. And uh, Ruth's basically just going and laying in front of him at the foot of his bed. I think I think that's more than a hint. Don't yes, don't, don't do that in real life, anybody. <laughs> I was um, just about to say that. Do not do that in real life. <laughs> but I think whenever we go back early on about whether you're throwing yourself, I think it takes a great deal of humility as well for a lady to to do that i think i think searching why you do that as well as too it like is it because you like sometimes i look at these girls and they don't think they're worthy enough yeah. of, of of being noticed or you know like their self-worth i'm not saying that every girl who does this is like that but i think also being confident in who's who your identity in christ like what Ansi was saying is actually really important before you start throwing yourself at yeah. guys because the moment the moment you make yourself like just just available constantly to a guy that denotes that yeah it's 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 no longer well, you're kind of like i don't want to say easy but i'm implying it um but i think there's a difference between a girl pursuing a guy compared to a guy pursuing a girl right see i i think I think it's so hard to know. I think all six of us are probably imagining a slightly different scenario when you say that, because it's just different every time, you know. Um, and I think, I think all of you have said stuff that I agree with. So I think whoever said, like, is a it's about expectations, and not it's not just you that gets it from like chick flicks and stuff. Fancy we all pick up ideas about relationships from like the media and from that's true that's true from, yeah and 
And in my experience, that is nothing like what a relationship is is really like. And it's I think it's really hard for us to to try and um, put those things aside, like get rid of this idea of of guys chasing girls and like just yeah people people running to the airport to chase after you before you leave the country to profess their love like that's those kind of things are very romantic but i think you can have a relationship and it can be a relationship with um with a full amount of of love and um romance that doesn't have those like big gestures and doesn't have those um like those those expectations from the world that are that are plastered on and so i think i think we have to be careful about about thinking about relationships in that way and using either the media or like the the limited experiences of of what our friends tell us or our own experiences because there's a bigger world of ways that things can happen outside there I guess so. Okay, so have we talked about non-negotiables enough? The only thing I'd say is my mom set my non-negotiables for me. Whoa. What did she set? (sighs) She literally said, it doesn't matter what guy you find, as long as the guy fears God. Ooh. It's not even like just Christian, but a God-fearing man. Yeah, I was thinking about, I can't remember, someone said something earlier about like you you want them to be a Christian. And that's that's obviously the, the biggest one. But even that, like, we're, we, we know from our own experience that we are all still sinful and fallible. And so even if you meet the most godly person, it doesn't mean that, like, it's just going to be smooth sailing the whole time. And there's, there's going to be, um, like, if you're a girl, it doesn't mean that that the man is 100% always going to be the best leader ever, right? Because even though we're told to love our wives like Jesus loves the church, we can't do that like Jesus because we're human, right? Um, And so I think there's a tendency to maybe romanticize a Christian relationship as well as a a worldly one. Yeah, I agree. Because actually Christianity talks about how the depravity that we were in isn't it and actually what we believe to have brought us out of that which is christ um but we still come with a lot of our as we were talking about our own personalities and um our own previous ways of doing things and even the conflicts that we can have can be about little minor things which sometimes don't have to do with beliefs i don't know if that ties into what you were talking about uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think I think it's all. Basically, what I'm saying is like, if we, when we're talking about dating, if we make statements that are too strong about a fictitious future partner, um, we're probably going to be let down, right? Like whether it's a, a long list of like, she has to have long hair, or he has to be able to play the piano, or you know whatever. Um, if we create those those like barriers in our heads, then it limits our ability to explore and have relationships or like try things out. I guess long hair for non-negotiable. <laughs> I don't have a list, Nancy. I'm married. 
<laughs> Did you have one, Ben? But I, I don't have a list. I, I, and I didn't. I, we started dating when I was sixteen. My <laughs> list was very short. So I think, I think a list is good, but I think it's important to not be obsessed by the list. Okay. Now, I mean. You need to know what are the core fundamental things that you can't, like, negotiate with. So, for example, yeah, I like the fact that Hannah's mum set one for Hannah, and that was the main thing was a God fearing man. That's that's quite a good one. But I think, um, like, it's okay to have a list um, because it does help you see you know actually this guy isn't a god-fearing man like am i willing to deviate from that am i willing to sacrifice that um because when you are in a relationship you will have a cloudy sense of a judgment at that point right so mm. i think it's good to have a list i'm thinking back to to when jason was talking about um online dating being like looking for a house um and i'm thinking like it's a bit like changing all your filters on your search it depends what's on your list doesn't it but if as soon as you put things on your list you're limiting the amount of properties that you could uh that you can view right <laughs> and um and in in one way that's that's a good way if you've got like so much so many potentially good options that you need to like filter them down but in another way by making my search only show me houses with like a downstairs bathroom <laughs> might mean that I miss the perfect house that I'd fall in love with except for the fact that it doesn't have a downstairs bathroom and I think the idea of having this this list for me at least suggests that oh you might be missing out on like this perfect relationship because you think you need a downstairs toilet when really you don't need a downstairs toilet. Oh, I don't like this um, right move analogy thing with <laughs> shopping for houses because it sounds like we're just shopping randomly for while we're dating, which it kind of is, I know, but but you need to know what your non-negotiables are because you can't... What What should be on this list then? Okay. You want to know what's on my list? <laughs> Here we go. Actually, I need to I need to find it first. Hang on. And then we're putting it onto your online dating profile. <laughs> no! <laughs> I think I think oh, it's a bit too personal. Um I think you need to come before God and be like, actually, what brings God the most glory? So one of the things on my list would be um someone that helps me in my walk with God. And I can help him in his walk with God. Um, someone that can help me in my family life, like with my family members, and I can help him with his with his family members. Um, because to me, that is part of, you know, loving God and loving others. Okay, um, and other things like serving together. Um, how can you find someone to serve God with? If how can you marry someone who is isn't a Christian, you know? But do you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense to find a non-Christian to marry, but not serve God together with. 
So okay. that that would be part of um, yeah on my non-negotiable list. I, I like some of those, and I think it's important. I hear what you're saying, Antsy, and I think that's uh, really nice. Some of the things that you put onto your list. I think in making a list, it's really important, as you've put for some of your points, that the non-negotiables don't rotate about around what appeases you uh, or what you think will complete you or, you know, not to make it egocentric, not to say that yours was, but actually I think so many people's lists would have that, which is that I want them to to be good looking so then actually my children will be good looking in the future. <laughs> I want them to be mixed kids. Right, kind of. right. I've got, um, I've got a bad um, admission. No, what do you call that? Confession. 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 That's it. Thanks, Anna. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when I first dated Jason, like my brother made this really mean comment to me and him. He was like, because I, I made a really mean comment. That's just how our family is. And then he like, in return, he was like oh your kids with Jason are gonna be really short then because you guys are not the tallest people in the world so like after Jason broke up with me I was like I need a guy who's at least six foot (laughs) (laughs) so I'll have tall babies (laughs) wowee but anyway you're saying yeah so it's just (laughs) I think it's uh it's good to analyze what's on our list and what's in our filters i just wanted to add something on top of what jason said about like essentially not approaching the list with yeah in a with a selfish mindset because i think if you do that and it's so easy for us to do that right even in marriage it's like so easy for us to be selfish Um, but i think if you're making a list for selfish reasons that really doesn't help you going into the relationship and they'll sort of you'll realize that falls apart quite quickly yeah yeah because if the other person can never if if for example you have this perfect list nobody is perfect and you know the concept of the one and the perfect one i don't necessarily believe that i believe that um you choose to love in the same way that god chose to love us um, and you choose to love someone and you choose and they become the one. Um, whenever you have this perfect list or this perfect idea of who the other person is going to be, you're setting the other person up to not meet those expectations in a way which they don't even know the expectations because the list is in your head. Um, mm. And that's super important to realize and just mm. break down what, what you know, all the good qualities that good men and women have and recognize the traits of each person on an individual level. How did you know that you were meant to marry your spouse? We've not heard from Daniel and Anna for a while. (laughs) Really hard. (laughs) I guess this this is... First, let's hear from the guys because I assume you were the ones that proposed. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, why does it have to be the guy to to propose? Why can't it be the girl that proposes? Hey, same thing. Well, I kind of yeah, I I would agree, Ansi. And if if you're dating someone and you want them to, and you want your boyfriend to propose to you, maybe you should say, "Hey, should we get married?" and then let them propose. Anyway, 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Daniel, how did you know? Right. The way this question is worded in terms of how do you know you were meant to marry your spouse, I feel like is so loaded. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Good point. When it comes to the question, I feel like how I would put it is how did I know um, I I wanted to marry Anna? Um, And I think that's, I guess, a little bit of an easier question for me to answer. I think, um, honestly, I think it wasn't a um, coming to know that you want to marry someone. In some ways, it can be a decision which, you know, suddenly suddenly hits you like oh I'm meant to be with this person forever but for me it wasn't really like that it was more of a gradual process of um as I got to know her and I fell in love with her it was more as I saw of everything that uh, as I saw who she was um it was a decision which I made without even intentionally making it that you know I wanted to choose to spend the rest of my life with this person and that was only after you know getting to know getting to know her over four years five years um that that actually happened I don't think it was like a single moment where it was like she flicked her hair and then bam (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't happen I don't think that really happens ever but um yeah I think it was just a gradual process as I got to know her I, I just knew I guess in my heart like as you know this is the person I want to spend and I can see myself spending the rest of my life with and I think it is a decision which you choose to love that person no matter what like even if they change um whether they're because yeah because as we grow older we do change so it's 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 one it's choosing to love every iteration of who that person could be I did have a lot of I think actually when we're talking about relationships so much in this I was expecting to talk about a bit more about marriage because I can talk a lot more to that. It's because actually in all the bits before actually committing to get married, I struggled so much with doubts and fears and questions of compatibility. And that will also add to the reason why we broke up the first time. Um, and I think at that time, I didn't know whether I wanted to marry Henna because I didn't really know who are you i'm not just gonna say i didn't know who i was but i also didn't really know who i was in god's sight and i didn't really know him and i didn't have my eyes opened um but i do know that whenever i went to henna the second time to ask her whether she wanted to um you know think about going out with me to i knew that it was serious and that was because i had seen her with people and I'd seen her over time and I'd seen how she served people, how she loved people. I knew that she had a relationship with God and that she heard from him. Um, But there was this other point further down the line. And I think so often there's different milestones in our relationships where we see the person at both their best and their worst. And this goes both ways. And I think for me, I saw her care for me whenever I was, I just came back from work and I just had a bad day and she just showed and delivered that love and care, which I, which I needed for that moment. But I also saw uh, Christ in her at that time. I know that's a very dramatic, dramatized way of saying it, but what I'm just saying is I 
could really know and feel the love that she poured out the one the way that I didn't necessarily deserve it and I think that was a quite a defining moment for me in deciding hey you know I want to put a ring on it Hannah did you did you instantly how long did you pause after Jason asked you uh before you said yes there was no pause. I've pretty much been asking him to ask me for ages. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm more like, I don't know, what did Daniel was yours? Like, uh, you, you kind of just knew. There yeah. wasn't like a moment. I think it's fairly similar for me. I don't think there was a moment, and I just kind of knew. I think in the end, like, I see a lot of ugly and good in terms of my I've got two older brothers as well so I'm exposed to a lot of like um yeah like fights or just good times and I think my dad's always drilled in on me that like you know there are days when you wake up and you just don't love the person that's lying next to you it's it's unrealistic to expect that from anyone next to you and I think I have that drilled in my head that you know it's a choice to love and my dad's always said that it's always a choice um so I think when I'm when Jason asked me out again, like I was just like, okay, I, I choose to say yes to this guy for the second time, and let, yeah, I'm gonna choose to commit to this relationship and making something. Um, so I don't I don't have a defining moment like Jason, but it was a relief that he finally had a defining moment. <laughs> um, yeah, I think even the first time when we went out, I also chose to commit I, I I think one thing that I thought about when this question was first posed was actually um you you choose to commit to this person but if you the fact that you're both you know the fact that you're both god-fearing people or we'd like to be anyway like the fact that we're both Christian and we we trust God um the the beauty that comes out of marriage is that you know we that, that defining moment keeps happening even within marriage itself. And that's the beauty of it. Like, you know, some days I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh my goodness, thank God for this man. Um, yeah, who's my husband. Um, and it's God almost sort of consolidating that even more. Um, and, and I think that that feeling of like, wow, she's, she's, he's my husband um, continues to grow even within marriage, it's not just, okay, on the wedding day, I say I do, but even after marriage, that I do becomes, it becomes more and more like a, yes, I really, really do. I really do. I extremely really do day after day after marriage. Um, I think that's a beauty that comes from, from having a relationship that is in Christ. Wow. That's, that's pretty nice. Pretty beautiful guys. Still in the honeymoon phase. <laughs> <laughs> no, I assure you we are not. <laughs> but probably are. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we'll talk about that next episode. Uh, Anna, <laughs> Anna, what was it like for you? I think I identify a lot with what uh, Jason said before when he was talking about Hannah and that he was able to see Christ in the way that she acted and the way that she lived. And I think that was the main reason for me as well. I could see um, because of how Daniel treated me, I think it helped me understand God's love more in a way which I didn't before. And so that was quite exciting for me 
in the process of us dating, not because necessarily about Daniel, but actually it, I fell more in love with God as well um, through our relationship. Um, yeah, and as well, I think with everything like going on at uni, I think it was quite a confusing time for me in terms of my identity. Um, I think I placed it a lot on my academic success or just a lot of things that doesn't matter um like I don't know I was really into my social media I don't know just a lot of things that do not matter but I think throughout all of that um even when I was tempted to actually idolize Daniel at one point or idolize our relationship um he was quite firm with me in terms of he always pushed me to seek first um his kingdom and his righteousness and he sort of, yeah, he really drilled it into me while we were dating that God always came first, even if that meant that we weren't going to be together. Um, that was his one clear intention for me. And so I think because of that, I knew that he was the right guy to marry um, because he pushed me towards Jesus. And I think as time went on and we had the opportunity to serve together as students, um, I think we worked well together, right? Um, something we said is, I think we were better together than apart. I think we were more effective, right? I think possibly. We, yeah, I think the thing which I, I like to measure re- relationship by, uh, whether dating or, well, yeah, relationship, boy girl relationship is, like, are we more effective for the kingdom of God together than we are apart? Um, and I felt like we were more effective. We were able to, um, yeah, just be a light better to those around us when we were together mm. and bring out the best in each other more than anything else. Yeah, and and, and just to, like, emphasise, this wasn't something that I think we identified ourselves, but it was something that uh, our friends around us and the leaders at our church, like, just said to us, and it made us think, actually, oh, maybe this will work out and it's something good. And... Another indicator for me was also my parents. I think looking back, I've talked about this with friends recently. Um, The period I started dating Daniel was also the period where my parents really grew in their faith, especially my mum. And um, that was a lot of things. It was God's grace. It was her pursuing God. It was God speaking to her. But it was also Daniel coming around every month or so and actually just talking to them about Jesus because that's who he, he is and he can't help it and um and I think because of that I could see the blessing sort of overflow into my family and um just in our personal walks and our walk together I think those are things that accumulated over time which made me more sure but I probably decided that I like wanted to marry him earlier than he decided because his son's more gradual but I knew earlier I think that I caught a good one. <laughs> cool. Okay, I think I think this is a good place to leave our discussion for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with part two, uh, where we talk about marriage. So if you have any more feedback or questions that you want to um, ask um, or send to us, please email us at abside at thebcec.org.uk. But otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>
Bye.